I'm way for Yeah, bitch, magnets. <laughs> Science. So does the sex happen when they enter the rift, or is it the robots having sex? Oh, Lord. It happens when they enter the cow house. <laughs> you know, the house where the cows are. That's still my favorite Jesse one. Yes, welcome to Breaking Geek. There are no cows here. <laughs> this is the Breaking Bad podcast from Geek Girl Sue. We are recording on a Tuesday night. We welcome your comments via email at geekgirlsoup at gmail.com, or voicemail 503-447-6871, or in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash geekgirlsoup. I'm Susan, and I'm here with... Amelia. Chris. Kelly. Scott. Welcome. So, first, what I have some... Uh, as part of the podcast exchange program here, say thank you to uh, Nattercast. Um, we, we'll be having Danielle on the show, on our True Blood and Ten show, in a few weeks um, with me and Kelly. And also Michaela from Chatterbox will be with that, us that, and we'll be talking about season six. That's going to be a few minutes longer than, than ten, of course. Yeah. Maybe True Blood and Ten times ten. I don't know. Yeah. It's season six, so ten times six. Okay. There you go. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Hush, Scott. You're not part of that one. <laughs> right. Otherwise, if he were, it would be, you know, uh, who I'm, knows how I'm, long that I'm, I'm crying blood right now. <laughs> blood in ten seconds. So. Right. And, and Watchers of Anarchy, I will be a guest on an upcoming podcast of theirs. And also this week, um, Amelia and I were part of the podcast showcase on the Jay and Jack show. Uh, they featured our community versus the Big Bang Theory debate, the debate that will never end. Well, it, it will eventually shows? end because, you know, community is going to get canceled and Big Bang Theory <laughs> is running for the next few years. It's running itself into the ground. Uh <laughs> Yet another debate Scott will not <laughs> jump in on here. <laughs> or this podcast will never get to Breaking Bad. <laughs> but there were there were lots of kind of uh lost and breaking bad connections this week that, that people noticed. I mean there have been some before, but I know Scott, you put together some uh, episode descriptions. Oh yeah, about a week or a week or two ago. There was actually a discussion on one of the uh, Facebook group pages about um, people not wanting to know the title of the next episode or a description for the next episode because um, they were worried about spoilers. And one of our mutual friends actually came up with the idea of titling the next episode uh, an episode of Lost. So he said, uh, what Kate does. So then I had the idea of just taking like some of the worst episodes of Lost titling every episode that, and then coming up with a description specific to Breaking Bad, but cast through the prism of an awful Lost episode. So that's where this came from. Okay, cool. So what were the, the first two, since we've already okay, seen so, this? <laughs> all right, so the first one would have been following what our friend Dan had come up with, uh, What Kate Does. So my description of that episode would have been, 
Breaking Bad inexplicably introduces a character named Kate and hints at her deep, dark path pretty much for the entire episode. But by the time it's revealed, we're all like, yeah, we pretty much got that two minutes in. The next episode would have been called The Other Woman, where Skylar runs into a rain-soaked Gretchen in the backyard <laughs> who's still a little miffed about Walt's F-bomb, and then she reveals a totally meaningless backstory at this point in the series. So that would be the episode descriptions for the first two episodes of the season. Cool. <laughs> and then we'll be hearing the rest uh, as we go along here. <laughs> and I'm sure they'll inspire just as many laughs as those two did. <laughs> <laughs> the real title of tonight's show is Buried. It was written by Thomas Schnoz and directed by Michelle McLaren. Uh, this was, uh, I think, their fourth episode that they these two have uh, paired up on i think the first one was one minute and that was one of the you know one of the best episodes of uh, breaking bad but anyway <laughs> this is buried and I, I made a list of things that were buried as uh, the show went along and uh, they're they're not necessarily in the order that they came up on the show uh, the first thing i had on my list were the barrels of cash uh, then Hank's suspicions slash case against Walt and Skyler. Uh, then Declan's lab and soon the bodies of Declan and his men. Uh, then Marie's truth about the money used to pay for Hank's therapy. So I, I'm wondering when that's going to come out. Any yeah, ideas? And, oh gosh. No, I kind of thought it did come out because she was piecing together the timeline and she went back further than when Hank got hurt. Oh, no, she well, knows. She knows. It's she when knows. will Hank ever find out? See, I thought... Oh. Go ahead. I thought she was going to... I actually thought she was going to say it in that great scene at the end because she brought up something which hadn't occurred to me because we've been talking about how Hank's screwed. We all know Hank's screwed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she brought up something I'd never thought about. What if somehow Walt is caught by somebody else and he's never said anything? He could be implicated as being part of this because follow the money. That's what she didn't say, but I thought she was going to say his blood money just paid for your medical treatment for the last several months. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard to believe that that one of the head guys at the DA didn't know anything about this. So that's why she puts that out there. Which is why I think there's an implication he's going to reveal everything when he goes to the office. And the only thing that stops him is finding out that Jesse's been arrested because he's been making like a paper boy with uh, bundles of cash. Right. Yeah. Yippers. And it, it, That's true. I, I love that idea, too, that what you're just saying, we really hadn't thought of it or talked about it before, what Marie brought up. And the, the guy before Hank in that job and sorry I've forgotten his name but so he got fired for not um, knowing about Gus Spring and you know I've sort of thought if Hank is the one to say hey Heisenberg is my brother-in-law then he might get some tiny benefit of the doubt you know because it was Hank who uncovered well he didn't really uncover Gus he well no, he did he had his suspicions he didn't necessarily prove it but but, you know, the guy before him didn't reveal Gus. So it was the Hank, fact that Hank revealed Gus that propelled Hank to that guy's job. Yeah. That right. got yeah. him the promotion. 
So if Hank is then the one who reveals Heisenberg, that may help him a tiny bit. Or, I don't know, maybe it'll take ten minutes to fire him instead of five. You know what I mean? But I, I like uh, the fact that Hank laid it out that, no, he's done. Yeah. Yeah. He, he yeah. knows he's done. The only bit of satisfaction he feels he can get out of the situation is by being the one who takes him down. Yeah. Right. And then... I mean, Marie, you're you're absolutely right. Marie laying the bomb on him that you could get fucked just by keeping silent. Yeah. I think you're absolutely dead on as far as what what was going on at the end there. But then the Pinkman showed. So hey, this description of what went on in the story is completely out of order. And <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it memento know, style. We're, start, we're gonna talk yeah, about right, the end the and work our way. We're going we're gonna to finish with the old guy who looked like Dale from The Walking Dead. So we're going to work that way. <laughs> no, we can go back to the beginning here. Uh, and I, I love that shot of uh, of Jesse on the merry-go-round from, from above the, with the crane. That was That was my amazing. favorite shot, too. Yeah. Susan, you, you said you had heard some technical stuff about that. Because I was trying to figure out if the camera itself was spinning or yes. how, they, how they managed that one. Both the, the camera and the merry-go-round were both moving. At, at one time, well, they said they were, they were moving in opposite directions. But, I mean, it looked like they were moving in the same direction. So they must have filmed it a, a few different ways. Right. But it, and, and I need to know, like, how they did the lighting and everything because, I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. It's an amazing shot. <laughs> well, what, what I kind of liked about it, and Breaking Bad is one of the few shows I think can get away with this, is that sometimes they can be very subtle about things, and sometimes they're not subtle at all. <laughs> and, oh, look, he's literally in a downward spiral. He's literally just spinning. His life is in exactly. chaos. And, and there are some times I would look at that and like, come on. But it, this show, they pull it off, and you're not thinking that at all. You're thinking, that's a beautiful shot, and it tells us everything about the character in that moment. So I totally loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also love that he was in a playground on, you know, like a, a, like a toy, so it made him revert to a childlike status of helplessness and paralysis and you know, I could imagine him like hiding his head under the covers of his bed, just wishing it would all go away. Well, that's perfect for that character because yeah. number one, he's someone who's always been searching for a father because yeah. he has his issues with his parents. So Walt's been a surrogate father and Mike was a surrogate father. Yeah. And we all know Jesse's main weakness season after season is always yeah. children. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he talked about it on the Talking Bad telecast as well, but you know, you know, either be the peekaboo kid or Brock or Drew Sharp, the kid who mm-hmm. gets shot on the bicycle. It always comes back to children with him. Mm-hmm. Or so, his own brother. Yeah, and his own brother, exactly. His absolutely. Brother. Yep. He took the fall for his baby brother. Yeah. Right. So I thought it was really appropriate that he ends up in a playground. I thought, oh, that's perfect for that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a little unrealistic that the old man would go down to where that car was after collecting all that cash. It's like that's a step too far. He might find the person whose cash who belo- who the cash belongs to. Well, he saw that that light blinking down there, so <laughs> I don't know. You know I'm well, all about the cash. All right, <laughs> like, you would have just taken it and run. Huh? You betcha. <laughs> it's um, hard. It's hard. It's hard to say when any right, normal person is put into a, a situation with extraordinary circumstances that you can't really imagine happening, what mm-hmm. they would do. 
So it's not like, this is what I'll do if a gun's put in my face. No, but no one ever thinks, what would I do if I followed a breadcrumb trail of cash? And, <laughs> you know, not really a scenario that comes up very often in life. Right. <laughs> the, 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 this much is self-preservation. It's like, yay, yay, yay. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I viewed that uh, following him or him following the breadcrumb of, breadcrumbs of money down there uh, at, at two different ways. One, we were talking last time about wanting to see the faces of people coming out and finding this cash. Uh, so the yeah. show knows exactly what we want and they're giving it to us. Not all the time, but that's yeah. just one example of where they were giving us what we wanted. And then the other thing was, I just viewed it as a filming device to have us find Jesse. Instead of just whammo, there he is, we get what we want and seeing how this guy reacts, and then he's the device that takes us down there to actually find Jesse. Speaking of getting what we want, after the title sequence... We pick up right where we left off yes. with the garage door. Yes. Oh my God. Awesome. <laughs> Unbelievable. Again, like, again. Yes. Awesome. The, uh, the oh. Western gunfight stare down yeah. as the garage door was closing. Oh. That's well, what but, it was to me. But first, the garage door opening, just like the bathroom door opening uh, uh, a week before. Mm-hmm. So we were on the outside of the garage. It's like, wow, is it really exactly where we left off? Yes, it is. As it opens up and there they are. Yeah. And I just I love, love it when Cranston goes manic. Yeah. He is yeah. not the smoothest character. I, I'm talking Walt here. <laughs> Walt is, even when he's Mr. Badass, full Heisenberg mode, he just becomes a Keystone cop from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> It it is funny to see that happen even now, even after everything he's been through is Heisenberg and but I guess th- this is different. You know, this is home and family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he I still love- does value his family. Yeah. We keep I, I, cutting I, you off, Scott. What? It's okay. It's okay. No, I just <laughs> I just what I lo- the thing I loved in that scene outside of the obvious tension that was building was the fact even with that happening there was still a, a comic device of garage door opens, garage door closes, yeah. garage door opens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was and, laughing at yeah. that. Even yeah. though the music's building and it's all tense, like, really? The door is slowly opening yet again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And will the little remote control car get run over? Right. I kept wondering that too. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's no Marie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention uh, about that opening thing that we can go back to this. Um, the, one, the show about being subtle, metaphors. Um, the fact that we're also seeing someone literally follow money is something I think is going to play a part in this storyline because people are, fo- are following the money. That's how you catch crooks. So I think that was also there for that reason. Right. True. Nice one. Okay. <laughs> next next so, scene? Well, yeah. <laughs> Next was uh, uh, Hank and Skyler. Oh, or, uh, actually, Walt looking for uh, looking for Skyler at the the car wash, and then we find Hank and Skyler meeting at Denny's. And I have a question for Amelia. Mm-hmm. Uh, have Have your feelings changed towards Skyler? Um, not especially. No. <laughs> really? After yeah. You, you've seen her. She's she's supporting her man. 
I know she's supporting her man, but now she doesn't like her man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Does that you know? Gosh, that's one of the. I'm trying to think how to word this. I I don't know. No, my feelings haven't changed. <laughs> that's one way to work. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. You know, does does current support negate? You know, past bitchiness. Past, well, yeah, and, and not just bitchiness, but you know. Um, well, no. I think for Protocon Skyler. Uh. <laughs> was actually doing more to protect herself in these scenes than Walt. I mean, she w- yeah. was looking out for... I mean, she did take the meeting instead of calling her her husband, which is what got Walt all upset. Mm-hmm. He, he actually, you know, in a rare bit, and, oh, what a comic thing. <laughs> when he's talking with... Uh, um, Saul and Saul is is suggesting you know he take a, maybe Jesse needs to take a trip like uh, or not Jesse maybe um, Hank, Hank needs, needs to, to take to a trip Belize. like a trip uh, to Belize yeah <laughs> he's like I'll send you on a trip to Belize <laughs> that killed me yeah but that was I thought awesome I mean the Walt's reaction to the possibility or the the suggestion that Hank be put out to pasture, you know, killed. Yeah. Um, it, was he wouldn't hear it. Yeah, he's family. Right, he's, yeah. Exactly. And, well, I mean, I, I, love, I loved that. You know, that it was the just one it was instantaneous. Feels, he's the only one who still feels that way. And anyone who says he's full Heisenberg now, Heisenberg and not um, a little bit of Walt in there, this scene proves them wrong, I feel. Well, anyone who's saying that isn't watching the show. So, there, there. Well, we had people saying that last week, so... <laughs> they're wrong. And they are watching the show. Okay. Well, they're, well, they're wrong. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll so, be the bad guy here. They're wrong. Um, okay. Well, so what I've been contemplating since last week is, especially last week when we were talking about... Um, I, I forget exactly how it happened, but something about good guy and... Um, but I was referring to like Jesse still had some good guy in him. And we were talking about, Oh, but he, you know, murdered Gail. How could he still be a good guy? Okay. So I've been thinking more and Mm. Walt is really the only fully integrated person in the whole show from a Jungian perspective. Okay. He has explored his shadow side unflinchingly looked at it. You know, contrast that with the Lydia scene later in this, and I'll hold off on that if you want, though. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, uh, af- other than hesitating with Crazy 8, he has been unflinching in exploring his dark side. Now, I'm not saying that is a good thing. No, I'm not saying we all need to go off and act on our dark sides. But he, he did it, and now he's integrated it with his good side, and he's he's a whole person, okay. you know. He's not um, he's not unwound like Jesse is, right? right. With his regrets, Jesse and... knows about you know about his bad bad side. He's accepted at one point. He accepted, well, I'm the bad guy, and you know this is how it is. But then he can't handle some of that, yeah. you know, the acts of the bad guy. 
Yeah, he didn't really accept it. Like he was saying, I get it, I'm the bad guy, sort of like with resignation. Mm-hmm. But Walt right. embraced it. Right. And we're all capable of of plenty of dark things, you know, that we don't even want to acknowledge in ourselves. You know, we say, oh, mm-hmm. I could never imagine blah, blah, blah. Oh, I would never do blah, blah, blah. Just like we were saying earlier, you know, if a gun were in my face, blah, 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 or whatever. But we really, we don't know. And... I agree with what you're saying here, mm-hmm. except for I agree with what you're saying about uh, Walt accepting and being complete. But I think there's actually three characters on this show who meet that criteria. Hey. One would be Walt. One would be Saul. Mm-hmm. One would be Skylar. And we've explored Skylar exploring where she is in this world and making choices, flipping coins, and then choosing a fate for that coin right, and where right. to be um i think she is this is why i love her as a character she's mm-hmm. gone all the full monty as far as possibilities in things to explore like she's pregnant she's smoking she's, yeah. <laughs> that's she's, that's true yeah you know she's she's done the you know the passive aggressive thing the mm-hmm. active acting out thing the affair thing and she is now a fully vested mall, a gun mall. She is and, his his better half. And bringing it back to the scene that initiated the conversation, which I think is probably she has like three major, at least three major key scenes in this episode. Now, I really feel she's more the focus of this episode than Walt is, quite frankly, because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Um, I agree that, of course, when she goes to meet Hank at the diner, obviously there are thoughts of self-preservation. It would be ridiculous to think otherwise, but that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that she doesn't also, that doesn't make it mutually exclusive from thoughts of worrying about Walt, and the most important thing is her family, because he, it's worrying about what's going to happen to my, my baby daughter and what's going to happen to my son. I think that's always going to be the, the main either herself or Walt. So she, when she goes into that diner, um, I don't think she knows what she's going to do initially. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she doesn't know what Hank knows. She doesn't know if she is going to have to give up Walt at this point, because maybe she will if it means protecting her children. But once it becomes clear that Hank is just doing a bad impression of Walt trying to manipulate her, and he actually has no true evidence... Then the calculating Skylar begins, and then she does her thing, (laughs) which is brilliant. And once again, Skylar throws a public spectacle or a fit to get out of a situation because, well, she can do that. She's done it several times before. Yeah. So, I mean, she's a smart cookie in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And when we later, the scene between her and Walt, I was surprised by how emotionally affected I was by that. So, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get to that momentarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I'll, I'll think about that more. I, I think I am with you on, on Skylar being integrated in that way as well. I guess the, the tiny missing piece for me is that um, she didn't own it with Marie like Walt did with Hank. And I, and I could explain that away by saying she is suddenly terrified for her family. And, you know, Walt, maybe that was a little bit of ego when he owned it with Hank, because then he went into panic, manic mode right after he left the garage. 
Um, and owning it with Hank meant not admitting anything. And she yeah. was being very careful because she, best of any character in the goddamn show, knows you tell Marie nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you tell Marie you t- it's like you just gotta be so I mean remember that other scene where Marie was just trying to get out of her what was going on she was trying to give the kids back she wouldn't take the kids back and yeah. then she ended up just breaking down during that scene because she would not tell Marie shit <laughs> because right. that would be the end of all yeah, yeah. There's all, there, I'll also sh- point out I think there's a difference between not not simply because of the difference between Walt and Skyler. There's a difference between dealing with the your brother in law, who you have that sort of relationship with, whatever. And it's always been kind of a friendly yet awkward relationship between them as we've seen. Because they're mm-hmm. very they've always been very different personalities. And having a or the relationship with your sister. Yeah, that's true. It's a much different situation. This is a woman that you well, you literally have grown up with for the last 30, 35, whatever, however old they're supposed to be on the show, years. And having that person, and watching that person come to a realization that you're not the person. And in fact, you could have stopped a their husband almost being murdered. Yeah. That's... <laughs> That's a little di- that's a little different than Walt, who's had to go through the whole protecting himself all along. It's, it's, it was yeah. a striking scene, and then she struck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very true. And just real quick on uh, on this same integrated topic, um, I I may throw Mike in there as well. Yeah, but he's dead. No, I know, but I don't want to <laughs> forget Mike. The dead are always Aww. completely. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah. Oh, he went to Belize. He's not dead. Right, true. <laughs> well, we in, in there we, we skipped over another comedic scene with uh Huel and uh what what's the other guy's name? Kubi or Kubi? It's K U B Y. They when they uh pack up the cash from the uh storage locker and do a Scrooge McDuck. Awesome. <laughs> it, it was awesome. It was it was an it's awesome great. scene. Mm-hmm. Um it it was one of the rare moments where Huel gets a laugh line in the show, where he says, "Mexico, that's all I'm saying." <laughs> guy, guy put a hit on ten guys in two minutes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, "Ah, think about awesome. it." Yeah. <laughs> but even but even despite that, when they're loading, when they've loaded the uh, the barrels of money on the van, and Walt is going through the barrels, and you real, and he's you know. He has no idea how much money there is. There's a look exchange between the two, the two henchmen, and you realize, yeah, pretty sure they pocketed a bundle or two themselves. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's and when Walt says, "Good enough." Yeah. Yeah. yeah good close enough. enough. So. Yeah. And and, and then so they relieved. knew he was onto them. Yeah. Yeah. Also, from the Breaking Bad Insider podcast, uh, they said that those coordinates actually go to uh, Q Studios, so they don't go to that. That um, that the location, desert. the desert. There will be hundreds of people trying to dig up the desert now, <laughs> right? And that was, and they said that was on on private property anyway, so they couldn't do that. So, <laughs> but the uh, the studio office, no problem. <laughs> we'll send people there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So they 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 did think about it before, and. Uh, I was shocked that he was literally going to the desert to dig up a hole 
for those barrels. Really? Like, uh, uh, yeah, because I don't know. Has, has anyone tried digging in dirt? Right, right. <laughs> it's hard. And, you know, you're in the middle of chemotherapy also. It's like, no way. You need some heavy equipment. <laughs> I, I thought when they went out there that for some reason, and obviously it should have been where the train was, but, like, remember they had built that underground thing? Um, yeah, but but mm-hmm. so Todd knows where that is. Right, right. People right. know where it is. Yeah. This, this location like, was where they filmed the pilot. First time. Yeah. Yeah, it was that so, desert location. Where the so, RV originally was? Oh. Yeah. yeah, so sentimentality. Yeah. So he went back there. Yeah, mm-hmm. circles back around to, to the beginning. Makes and sense. for me, it showed, because of how impossible that was, to me that showed exactly how desperate he is or how panicked he's feeling. You know, he literally is is at the verge of losing everything. And the only reason why the money matters at, to him, as we find out in the, at, at the very end, is so that his family has it. Well, right. but all he did is was for this. Yeah. But uh, this also be another example of um, Walt taking on the attributes of a person he's offed supernaturally due to the fact that he hasn't actually seen this. If you remember, Mike... Had a little underground uh, desert spot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I actually I commented in the blog I wrote about it about the episode that it's kind of a shame that Jesse would never have filled him in on all the spots that Mike had, you know, to pick up stuff for uh, for Fring and where he ended up dumping all his guns t- towards the end of the, the previous uh, run of episodes. Because if anyone had to spend all that time digging, he could have just uh, lowered the barrels there, but. Yeah. There's no reason he would know about any of those spots. So. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And if other people were using those spots, then, oh well, there goes the money. Right, right. <laughs> so. Well, that, that does kind of take us to the next scene, which I think which I think is the bi- one of the big ones, the Walt Schuyler scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the bathroom. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he yeah. says, please don't let me have done all this for nothing. Well, yeah. before that, he before, fucking yeah. face plants like a rock. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. finally, the uh, effects I, of his exhaustion are showing. We, well, we get, we, get, we get yet another the, the, another iconic Walt in his tidy whities of course. Yes. So yes. it's like call back to the very first episode. Yes. <laughs> and it was, I thought, after watching it, that this is one of the few times that I think most people watching would feel genuinely sympathetic towards him because he hasn't been the most sympathetic character for a while. And it was, he was really just purely like Walt's first or second episode again. So it was pretty amazing. And then he knows that Scott, Scott knows about the cancer. When he makes the comment, does that make you happy? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was... Oh, that was just amazing, I thought. Yeah. That was a beautiful scene. Yeah. I mean, I... I definitely felt that yes she does still love him whether it's you know exactly who he is now or the memory of of who he used to be or whatever but i i took it that she really does still care yeah and dude this show is nothing but payoff now these this episode <laughs> the episode before it's just pulling triggers left right and center and showing you just how masterfully they know what's going on in their their show like, nothing has been forgotten. Everything is going to come up. Repercussions all around. It makes things like Dexter look like 
pikers, silly people trying to finish their show. <laughs> this is how you truly do yes. it. It's just amazing. Oh, absolutely. And I also love the fact that, you know, last week, I think the most quoted line was pretty much the final line yeah. when he says to Hank, you know, if, you don't, if, if that's true, then maybe your best course is to tread lightly. And I love when the moment he realized that Skylar is going to be with him and not going to turn against him is when she uses the phrase that the best move is to stay quiet. And I remember thinking, mm. oh, she's channeling not exactly Heisenberg, but she's, getting, she's a badass again. Skysenberg? She, she did the I, same yeah. thing when she <laughs> confronted the guy in the hospital. <laughs> Remember? Oh, yeah, oh, well, that was yeah awesome. Ted. Yeah, Ted. <laughs> when she when she <laughs> talked to Ted, and she was like feeling bad for Ted's situation, but then realized she was in a position of power, and just like said, "Yeah, <laughs> I, I can, you better keep yourself quiet." Well, the thing I when when that happened, that scene with Ted, kind of me, because she was basically taking credit for something that she didn't do, and hadn't planned mm -hmm. and it reminded me of jesse taking the credit for <sighs> killing the junkie with the atm yeah. so now people are looking at him like he's this big badass when in fact he wasn't mm -hmm. but he was he was exploiting that and she exploits it in that moment as well i'm like oh it's an interesting connection between skylar and jesse here mm -hmm. yeah they of course would never want to admit yeah, that I they have anything it. in common at all i i just <laughs> took it as she she was coming into her own and realizing her power, much as uh, Walt had had felt his own power. In I don't know if it was in that episode, but around that time, that's when he started doing his assertions of dominance. That's possible. I believe I haven't rewatched them recently, but <laughs> <laughs> so then we then we had. We, then we got away from the White family, and we have Lydia in the desert. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lydia, my Lydia. I lo love my Lydia. Go ahead. <laughs> wearing, wearing the most appropriate shoes. For... Sparkly shoes. <laughs> With the red underground oh under my God. underneath. Yes. Louboutins. Because wearing... <laughs> if you're going to go walking in the desert, you got to wear your Louboutins. <laughs> That's great. And they're great for climbing I love down Lydia. ladders. Yeah. She's the best. <laughs> Go ahead, Scott. Tell us no, about I, the scene. No, I, I absolutely, I, I love Lydia too. I, I find her, for a character we don't spend that much time with, I always find that we find we get different facets about her because she could be as the most ruthless person on the show, and she can also be the most scatterbrained or the most you know paranoid person. She's she's so much fun to watch, mm -hmm. um, and I have to, Chris. When I think when we did the intro podcast, were you the one who had brought up the uh, the neo Nazis? Yeah. Well, I I as I was watching, I did think of you. I was like, oh, it is going to be the fucking neo Nazis. They, they are going to be playing a big part in this, yeah. which is awesome. But yeah. And they, but, um, they took the equipment too, so you know, yep. I guess they're going to be right. doing the cook. <laughs> so, and Todd is going to be the master cook. Oh gosh. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering about the – now, we have Todd, and this is totally unimportant, but we have Todd and we have uh, – is it his uncle, I guess? Who is, yeah, who, yeah. He's like, yeah. The head, like the head of the neo-Nazis, and he's actually one of the actors from, from a season of Lost, actually. Um, and then you have the other guys. 
Um, he's he actually from season. He's actually the. Um, if you take away the facial hair, he's the dude who was beating the crap out of Sawyer in season three and was going to kill him out of revenge for the death of his oh, wife. Okay. Yeah, it's the same actor. Okay. Um, what happened to the? Uh, I'm kind of curious what happened to the other guys from uh, the Vamanos Pest Pest Control <laughs> Company because. <laughs> These are not the same guys. Mm-mm. I'm just kind of wondering, and I'm wearing that T-shirt tonight, by the way. But um, <laughs> my tribute to Vince Gilligan shirt. Aww. I'm kind of wondering what happened to them. But weren't they just guys who would set up the the? They didn't stay for the cooks. These were no, just no. people. Who, they actually oh. had the Vomino's pest control. Right. Oh, yeah. absolutely, so they're, they're doing they did. Their but, thing. but they. But the point is, they knew. They know. So there's, they would. There's lots would, of people who know. I mean, Huel knows, and, like, that other guy knows. Well, but the Vominos Pest people, they, they know that something was up, but yeah. they didn't know what except for Todd, supposedly. You know, because Mike told them those guys were not supposed to even say a word to Jesse and Walt. And they were, they were paid, what, $10,000 a house to stay yeah. quiet, and they have stayed quiet. Yeah, this and they didn't true. go in, you know. They didn't know. That's right. Yeah. Mm. They have no I proof, like, in other words. Yeah. They will. They will not be helping Hank in this uh, investigation. No, <laughs> no. We'll just assume that they're they're back to their doing their pest control business and occasionally, you know, doing a break in a uh, burglary of those houses. Well, yeah. now, of course, we probably shouldn't assume anything. Oh, <laughs> that's right. This is they breaking bad. I'm wrong. Right. They may be, <laughs> you know, all that Hank needs. Uh, <laughs> but that's right. Yeah. Uh, well, and of course, let's go back to Lydia real quick. Yeah, because we didn't say yeah, the line you that and was I so were, important. Um, were messaging the other night, watching this. Yeah. yeah, and so referring back to earlier in our conversation tonight about Walt being integrated, looking unflinchingly at his dark side. Lydia ordered that whole mass killing, and then she gets to the top of the tube, the tunnel, whatever the exit. And pauses and tells Todd, I don't want to see. Mm-hmm. But and she so that, didn't want it to go down that way. She was really hoping that they'd actually capitulate and, and go in on using Todd as the cook. Because when she, got, when she was typing into her phone, she was like, I really wish you hadn't done that. Or something like that. I didn't, so she, she, she was hoping, like... I, and it was weird timing, because it sounded like those guys started coming in on the target and then she sent a signal from her phone after they had already become started coming in basically uh, giving them the go signal like mm-hmm. no take them out <laughs> mm-hmm. because the well, guy says hey we've got trouble up here yeah and that would make sense because todd's um uncle's people definitely are a wild card not controllable mm-hmm. at all um but Lydia still ordered that they be ready to come in and do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and of course, she, you know, the first time we met her was with her giving a bunch of names to Mike to have people killed off. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, she wants it done. She wants all of these awful things done. She just won't do it herself. Panics when she's being threatened. Not panic. Freaks the fuck out when she's being threatened. Um 
And Actually, then she's been, we've seen her cold and cool and calculated. Like when, You really like her. Oh, my God. No, no, no. <laughs> Remember when Mike had a gun in her face and her daughter was upstairs? She was yeah. relatively calm and cool in that scenario. Oh, she was a No, pussy. she was freaking out. She, yeah. She, she was desperate. But she was not like screaming or like she wasn't acting like I would. Like <laughs> had a gun in my fucking face. He wasn't my crying. Upstairs, I'm not gonna cry or scream either. I would want to hide it from them. But she was. I don't know. I she's bugged me just the whole time. So she she's oh, definitely not a favorite oh, character. Yeah, she's she's a, she's yeah, a, she's a darling. Jeez, you just want her to blow you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. If I get if if she does it in her actual accent, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, the actress I like, especially in A Knight's Tale, she kicks ass in that. Heath Ledger. Are, are you going to bring up that movie in every? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just to bug you. <laughs> Heath Ledger was in The Dark Knight, so let's make another connection there. Huh? Is that one okay? <laughs> well. As long as he wasn't in True Blood, I'm fine with it. Fine, okay. <laughs> but Kelly, but back to back to Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> the thing that we were that we were talking about back and forth was, you know, she can't take responsibility for this. She can't. She doesn't want to know about the consequences of her orders. Um, and so I was saying, yeah, well, Ned Stark needs to have a talk with her about that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The way what? the way I look the way I look at <laughs> yeah, it. I've got to someone... this. You two are disagreeing with that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I That's am. She's, she's ordered. I mean, she's she was going to order the deaths of those people originally with Mike, and then that got foiled, mm-hmm. and and she obviously was prepared and eventually did have the all these guys killed. So the fact that she will order the deaths, but she doesn't actually want to see the carnage. To me, I don't, I don't, I don't, no, she's not pulling the trigger. She's just giving the order. It's kind of like, I want my hamburger, but I don't want to know how you make it. I, I don't need to, I don't need to watch the cows being slaughtered and ground up. I just want the burger. I'm glad you brought that up. I actually made that reference um, to my daughter a couple days ago, because uh, that's why I'm a vegan, because I'm not willing to kill the cow or see how it's killed or any of that. And I felt like a hypocrite in eating the meat. I didn't even want to touch the raw beef. But this, I mean, Lydia to me is beyond that. I mean, because these are human beings. Um, Being one who watched if slaughterhouses had glass houses and was fine with that, uh, I will say (laughs) that Lydia... (laughs) He watched it while eating dinner. (laughs) <laughs> a burger raw <laughs> Steak it, 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 it's uh i think you're right i th- uh, not uh i think the fella has it on the nose <laughs> scott is right thank you oh, oh i've got a name again awesome. that that she's <laughs> that she is accepting responsibility for her actions? yeah she knows exactly what she's doing and her responsibility has nothing to do with being queasy around blood it's like you know I needed this guy whack, but I, I, I don't want to see his brain spilling out on the floor. Guide me through it. I mean, she's walking through bodies here. If she really couldn't take it, she would have broken down, passed out, and had to been carried out of the hole. But, uh, no, she's fine with it. Just, you know, 
guide me. <laughs> yeah, you know. I think the yeah, I think the point is she's a businesswoman, but not not an actual killer herself. Although by ordering the death of these people, it makes her a killer. Yeah, you know, I mean, but I mean, look how Jesse reacted after killing one guy. I mean, he basically was in a state, a freak out state of mind for the next several episodes. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, people deal with stuff differently. Oh my God, y'all love Lydia so much. Oh my God. <laughs> What's wrong with loving Lydia? What's wrong with loving Skylar? What's wrong with the oh, women I love of Skylar. Dad? I love Dad? I love every character on the show, so I, 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 can't, I don't, I, I never understand hating any of the characters. <laughs> Skylar's awful. Oh, oh no. Uh, no. You have no real argument with that. Skylar's an awful human being. Get the evidence <laughs> All right, let's, we should have a separate podcast just so we can finally get this whole Skylar thing <laughs> <laughs> out. <laughs> no. So. <laughs> All right, I'll put, I'll put that in the notes for the uh, <laughs> the series wrap-up. There the Skylar cast? The Skylar cast, yes. Skycast. We can we can have an intervention with Amelia that our Skylar hate. <laughs> Assemble thy evidence. Yeah, because your Game of Thrones thing worked so well. Yeah, well, <laughs> and we always must remember this is the person who stopped watching Game of Thrones after one episode, and would have stopped watching Oz if it weren't you know assigned. Pretty oh, I, I, wait a minute! I I'm in that camp. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> Oz was grueling, man. And I mean, I too would, much cock, right? <laughs> it's not that it was too. I've seen cock. I don't care about cock. <laughs> Dude, go back and watch the rest of Oz. Just I've seen it. all yeah, of Oz. Did, did. Oh, what are, oh, we what covered we... every season. Oh, I think every... people are. Okay. <laughs> anyway. One more. Yeah, a yes, little Lydia. Thing. I think the thing then that, that bothers me, I'll try to explain it this way. Um, when people have brought up before about like Jesse being the moral compass and that type of thing. Um, I don't see Lydia. So I'll let you two guys explain it to me then. What are her pers- personal ethics? What is her moral compass? Like I don't see her really having a whole lot of integrity or being ethical. In contrast, I view Walt as being highly ethical. I didn't say moral, I said ethical. Because he, you know, he has his ethics, he follows them and he and he sticks to them. What are Lydia's? Lydia has made a promise to deliver a quality product to backers who will have her executed if she doesn't do the job right and is seeking to correct the problem. She went straight to the man, which couldn't have been easy. Who the fuck wants to go to Heisenberg and say, I need you to do me a favor Mm. (laughs) at this point in his career. And you know, everything he's fucking done. Who wants to be that person? Lydia was that person and Lydia was willing to do it and went right to the place where like, you know, his wife is there. Holy Mm -hmm. God. (laughs) That's almost as bad as Jesse bringing the cook van (laughs) next to the airport. (laughs) (laughs) So like she is, as Scott said, a businesswoman. She's doing a job and trying to get it done. She was like, we are going to make so much money. 
she said the same thing Tuco said when she he met uh, Walt. Mm-hmm. I see nothing wrong with her ethics. Oh no! Now that you put Tuco in there, I'll, I'll I'll think about that more. I'll let that marinate until next week about Lydia. I I don't know. I guess I just don't see any kind of. I don't see her as having any kind of higher ideal or whatever. And yet, okay, this character, we haven't given I, I, I have to ask you a question. Uh, I'm just curious. And, and, and I guess it's to each person's own personal views and how they react to characters. Um, I personally am not gauging whether I like or root for a character based on that because I've known I've liked bad characters and I've rooted or really liked villains sometimes even more than the heroes on several TV shows. Mm-hmm. And Lydia does tend to, does fall on the villain side. You know, I mean, the nicest thing we've seen her do really was not wanting her daughter to, uh, to either find her dead or, no, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. not wanting her daughter to think she just disappeared and abandoned her, yeah. which I thought that was an amazing thing about that character because this is a character we're not going to be spending that much time with. I mean, it's kind of like Saul. We don't spend that much time with Saul. We end up forming. Do you know anything about Saul's life at home? Do we know if he's got a wife? Or, I mean, does, we know he's he got a, a secretary. Home? Does he have a right. home? We don't know. He has a massage. He has right. a massage. He's, he's got, you know, the barn door was open. But, um, <laughs> but I just, I really, I like her character because she was something new and different on the show. And sometimes when you add a character to a show, it can go horribly wrong. And she was so different than everyone else. I thought it was an awkward character at first, but she eventually worked well. And I, I think I had a lot to do with her scenes, but Mike really made her part of the cast. And I've liked her ever since. Oh, I love her scenes with Jesse when they were doing their investigation and found the, the FBI uh, barrel. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. yeah, That was brilliant stuff. She's 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 a good egg, man. What what's the issue? Where are the hate? Is this that female thing where ladies no, just have to hate? No, it's not. <laughs> oh and it's and it's not hate. Um, oh, I just I don't feel an emotional connection to her. And if she dies, I as of right now, I wouldn't feel bad. Hmm. But most, pretty much every other character, everyone coming to mind right now, anyone else other than she, or or Todd, I wouldn't care so much about either. Um, But the rest of them, I don't want any of them to die. She's just said it, neo-Nazis do not die. That's that's also why I categorized her as a villain, because she technically Mm -hmm. is, and you know that she's probably going to have more Walt by the time this is all over than possibly anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I didn't shed a tear when Gus Fring died. Didn't make. I, him, I did. Didn't mean he, well, wow. I don't know what to say to that. But um, because I Gus had awesome. that backstory where we got to see his softer side. <laughs> that that's the reason that she has issues with Gus going away. I mean, he was a badass, but he was our badass. Yeah. And certainly there was a lot of respect to be had for a man of his supernatural ability. Mm-hmm. He was the best chicken chef, uh, <laughs> manager I've ever seen. Yeah. Have an A one day. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's the car wash. Uh, 
Well, I think I think the only remaining thing is really the last few minutes of the show between uh, Hank and Marie, and then the the, fi- and the final stuff with Jesse. Yeah. Well, that was that was a great scene because you have Hank actually acknowledging what we've all been waiting for someone to acknowledge that he's screwed, and finally, him- <laughs> yeah. And we know we heard Saul say it a couple seasons ago. Like, what's your brother-in-law gonna do? He's screwed. But now we know Hank knows it, and he says it, and I was like, ah, mm-hmm. excellent. Mm-hmm. But Marie points out the fact that uh, if you don't say something and they turn out the bust wall, uh, you're still screwed. So the fact that he was going to go in, it looked like he was going to cancel a meeting. He was going to fess up. And then he finds out about Jesse being arrested. Right. And, and he's, he's back like, on the hunt. <laughs> Dog will the, hunt. And you got those same guys who were uh, interrogating Jesse about the rice and at oh, okay. the end of season four. Um, and one of those actors is from Oz, if I'm not mistaken. And um, then they, those bastards end on a fucking cliffhanger. Yes. <laughs> which I wasn't, I didn't see that coming. I thought we'd at least see Jesse giving him a look. I'm like, no, yeah. don't Sopranos me go to black. What is this? <laughs> it's just like the last episode. And hopefully the next episode's going to be just like the last episode and pick up right when he goes in that door. Oh, absolutely. You're absolutely. They'll do a slow close up on the door. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and That's then it opens and there's eggs. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think Jesse's going to say, if anything? Or is he just going to sit there and be catatonic the whole time? He's got to say something because this is the only thing keeping Hank from spilling the beans. But he's not going to say everything because he wasn't saying anything to the other two fools. And he doesn't like this guy as Hank points out. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. But but so also, what is Hank going to want from Jesse? Because evidence. What he didn't get a from connection to yeah connection to Walt. I it's just I was thinking there's some chance that he again to to help himself. What? You know he could ask Jesse to be quiet while there, and we're <sighs> venturing into that dangerous territory of predicting the future. No, no, I'm not. Oh, I'm not preventing. I'm just wondering what Hank is going to want from him. That's all. Okay. Well, right now Jesse. Because Skylar has proven to be a dead end for him. At least at the t- for the time being, Skylar is a dead end. Right. He was just, just moments earlier, he was prepared to fess up for everything because he thought he had no other, no other options. Jesse is now his option. Jesse might be his only thread that might unravel the Heisenberg case finally for him. Because Jesse's been at the center of all this stuff all along. I mean, he brought up Jesse Pinkman when he was having the fight with Walt in the pr- in the previous uh, episode. It wasn't Pinkman, it was you. You're the one who had my cell phone number. But he knows that Pinkman's been part of this. Mm-hmm. He's, the only di- he's the only direct connection outside of Skylar he has. So how, how, he's gonna get, how he thinks he's going to get Jesse to turn on him, other, I mean, other than offering him a deal which wouldn't work, the only thing that I think could get Jesse to turn on Walt, which Hank doesn't have as far as I can think, he has to tell him something that's so heinous about Walt that'll, that, that Jesse would turn on him. Okay. And like, so if, if Hank knew about Jane, that would do it. If Hank knew about poisoning Brock, that would do it. Maybe even if he could give him absolute confirmation, 
that Walt killed Mike, even though we believe Jesse thinks that anyway, maybe that would do it. But, other but Hank has things, zero on all three of those. Yeah, he's got nothing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even know about any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be an interesting conversation a- because Pinkman doesn't know how much he knows. And we've seen Hank is very good at playing this game. Uh, I'm not. This this is a perfect opportunity for me to say something. I was waiting with the whole podcast to talk about. Okay. <laughs> on on this show, on on Breaking Bad, everyone at some point has quote unquote practically everyone has broken bad. Obviously, it's about Walt, but it's also been Skyler, Marie. Uh, Jesse was bad to begin with, but then he he, he had to go worse. We actually, and then he ends up admitting, "I'm a bad guy," you know, because he kills and whatever. And actually, I think the worst thing Jesse ever did wasn't murder. I think it was trying to get people in a to try to take drugs. I think that's actually worse for some reason. No, <laughs> okay, you have a warp sense. <laughs> um. Anyway, oh, the reason behind, dude, seriously, the reason behind the murder was to save both his and Walt's life. It was something he had to do. It's a horrible thing he did, but if you have to kill something, you'll, you'll do it. He didn't have to try to peddle drugs to people who were trying to get over their addictions. That's just a plain horrible thing to do. There was no excuse for what he did there, whereas murdering Gale, he was, he was forced to do it, otherwise his I think surrogate father was about to be killed. If I may, I'd suggest that that was part of his grief counseling I mean, he was supposedly going there for that, but, like, it was his way of working through the scenario. He, he, he was placed in a position where he could do wrong, and he had already felt, okay, I am the bad guy at that point, so, like, he was just getting into the swing oh, absolutely. of that oh, oh, absolutely. I'm just saying but that was him fully embracing being the bad guy because he's doing something pretty horrible. He's taking advantage of people who are trying to overcome an addiction and trying to get them all hooked again. That's and then pretty, he told them all about it. And that's, <laughs> he came clean. He's getting, he gets two other dealers to do it as well. And being someone who's a little familiar with this, unfortunately, it's a pretty horrible thing to do. But I'm getting away from the point that I wanted to make. I'm sorry. Hank is the oh, now we talk you t- guys were talking about Jesse being the moral compass when and I see that I can I, I semi agree with that to a certain extent except for when Jesse's compass ports to I'm not a bad guy and he does things like what he did in that drug group or killing people or whatever Hank on the other hand is the only person the only time he's ever done anything even remotely off was when he beat up Jesse thinking that Jesse had been the one to trick him into thinking his wife had been in a horrible accident. And he paid the pu- and he was punished for that. And he took yeah. responsibility for that. So in my mind, Hank is still the only one who hasn't quote unquote broken bad. My what what I'm what, show me where. What I'm wondering is to get Heisenberg, to get mm. Walt, is he gonna end up having to compromise finally be the one to compromise his morals? and do something in order to accomplish that, will he end up breaking bad for the greater good? Mm. That's what I'm kind of curious about. I like that. I like and that I, idea. I don't, I don't know if I want him to break bad in order to catch Walt. I would say, I that, I would say that his breaking bad isn't necessarily doing a bad thing. It's not doing 
the thing that he was built to do. That period that he had an arc, that period where he, after being shot, was became hyper, turned all eyes inward and became introspective and a rock collector and just gave up on things. For him, for that character, that is actually him breaking bad, not mm. being the good man that he should be. That would be my take. I know I it's wishy-washy compared to the rest of I know it's wishy-washy. Or breaking visible. <laughs> for yeah, him, I don't think dude. it's breaking bad. I don't... Well, not being true to himself. And, and basically, we had that recovery moment where he, like, he started going through the files and started doing some good. But, I mean, he was being abusive to his wife. Um, and not in the slapping her around way. I'm in the ignoring her way, which was, you know, somewhat worse than being slapped around for Marie, where she felt powerless to do anything and started falling into her own circle of pain. Remember that? Of course. I, I, I just, mean, I don't, I don't think it really, qual- I don't, I, I understand what you're saying. And it's absolutely a character arc. I just don't think it would, I don't, in my mind, I don't think it qualifies as breaking bad. He, okay. It's a character evolving and going through tragedy and horror. And yes, we don't all do the most admirable things when we're in those situations, but it's not as far as going, he's done something corrupt. Mm. Well, well, he's done something that he could be arrested for. He's been, for for he's, me, it was significant. for himself and he's being scummy to his wife, but mm-hmm. it's not for like... For me, it was significant because, like, after that action sequence where he out the two hitmen going after him, I actually got a picture of Hank, wrote Action Hank on the bottom of it and made that my, like... I, uh, my uh, avatar for several places for a while. But, like, I love how this show did not go the typical route with, you know, a quote-unquote hero <laughs> and showed us the pain and suffering that comes from, like, just being shot, you know? Just having that trauma put upon your body, and it just fucked his world. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and what and what and the pay and you were talking earlier about the payoffs for this season, which are tremendous and amazing. The fact that Marie and Hank are as angry about this, they're remembering that they're remembering that the hell that they just went through, it's all because of Walt. All oh yeah, that- when Marie says you gotta get him. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, I think wow. Marie wants him busted more than Hank. Actually, yeah. <laughs> she feels even more betrayed. Marie. There's another one. I love Marie. <laughs> <laughs> I love flawed women. <laughs> <laughs> they are so more interesting than, like, I mean, that's the one thing the show has going for it in that, like, we don't get uh, the CW beautiful people. <laughs> we get the real people. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Dean Norris is never going to be anybody's GQ guy. That pot deli with the belt. And <laughs> every time he, he, it's like, look at that. That's our man of action. That's the guy we're fucking rooting for. But here's the funny thing about this show that even the shield couldn't pull off. We are actually rooting for both Hank and Walt. Yes. <laughs> Whereas in the shield, 
the Forrest Whitaker character who did exactly what you're talking about. He compromised himself in order to get the bad guy. I don't know if this is a spoiler for you. You've seen The Shield, right? Well, we'll, lo- we'll tell love, Gabby love, not to listen to this. I love The Shield. Okay. So, so like, in that show, there was almost never a time where we sided with the Forrest Whitaker character. I mean... We were always on the strike team side. At least I was at that point in the game. I was too. <laughs> that's, actually, that, that's actually that's actually a great comparison. I hadn't even thought of that. That's really that's excellent. Because yeah, and, the, and the shield actually and Breaking Bad have that similarity because a lot of the characters in the shield do descend into they do break bad. Not all of them. From episode you know, one, some of them. Yeah, <laughs> some of them break bad of them. multiple times. They right. break badder. Right. Yes, <laughs> I think. I mean, I, I think maybe Claudette, maybe one or two other people don't, but pretty much everyone else. Does. But yeah. to connect the two shows together, what's interesting is when you're watching a show like The Shield, you almost because it goes on for so long, and there's so many amazing things that happen. Um, it's not until those last couple, episode or two episodes where you start remembering or be, or having it thrown in your face just what Vic Mackey yeah. has done, and 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 the purpose of that was to show you. Show the viewer, this is the guy you've been rooting for. Mm-hmm. He's not a good guy. And when you have that big confessional scene, you realize, oh my God, this is the guy I've been on the side of? He's a horrible person. Now, many people went into these final eight episodes of Breaking Bad, judging from articles that I read on the internet, seems like everybody was Team Hank or Team Justy. You know, pretty, a lot of people had kind of abandoned Walt. Even when Gilligan and Creston talk in interviews, they would talk about that. The, tr- the amazing thing about this episode, I, I, I kept thinking, I bet there are people who are starting to think, you know what, I think I want Walt to get away with it. Oh, there's something kind of sad and sympathetic about him, and less so as far as Hank and Marie are concerned. So it's interesting, you're right. On one hand, I want to see Hank come out okay and, and you know, be the hero, but I still kind of want Walt to get away with that. I'm not one of the people who wants to see him pay for his crimes when a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Can we just bring one of the vampires over from True Blood and have them glamour everyone so that everyone can just live happily ever after? <laughs> or, or blow everybody? Anyway. By the way. <laughs> and totally different reference real quick. Um, a minute ago, Chris, you said, here's our man of action, Hank. So that made me think of... Um, Carrie Elwes character Wesley in Princess Bride says to the man with six fingers, we are men of action. Lies do not become us. Mm. Perfectly fitting for here. Perfectly fitting for Hank. Well, or I was thinking back to the first episode, or, you know, a week and a half ago, Blood Money, um, with him and, and Walt facing off and mm-hmm. starting to face off. Starting yeah, but to unbury the lies. <laughs> Sorry, he what? He, Hank is still not coming, be, being forthcoming with the truth. <laughs> oh, well, he sure. never tells him anything that's going to burn his 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 bridge. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. And that's why we're left with the suspicion: is he recording this, or you know, what's <laughs> what's happening? Ah, uh, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, I am just so giddy with joy every time the show is done. <laughs> it's like if we get to Friday and I'm like, is it Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> can, we, 
can we get to the part where my weekend is over and I'm enjoying Breaking Bad already? <laughs> so we have at least six episodes left and then I we're know. done. It's so I sad. Know. But uh, Amelia, uh, Betsy Brandt is going to be on the Michael J. Fox show this fall. She is indeed. She's playing his wife. I'm very, what? very excited about not. I love her, not so much about her. But yeah, but Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Extremely excited that Michael J. Fox is going to be back on TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a little shaky on it myself. Oh. Oh, God. What a dick. Too soon. You too wonder soon. why I don't like comedy. <laughs> Move. I'm doing the slow clap tonight. of joy. Let's talk about the red tailed otter and what it's done for our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Should I totally made up an animal. I bet that. I'm sure yes, you did. yes, you awesome. did. Yes, you did. Okay, I, I have the Facebook uh, group open now. Okay. Should I? All right, so. Um, I'm going to pull out an excerpt from something that Heidi wrote. This goes along with what we were just talking about, how we are rooting for everyone. And she said, I don't know who I'm rooting for anymore. I want Walt to get away with it, yet I want Hank to catch him. I want Skylar to take over the business, yet I want Marie to talk her into turning on Walt. But mainly I hope Jesse isn't going to be the recipient of that ricin just in time for a court hearing. Mm. Wow, yeah, that would suck. Um, all right, sorry, I'm scrolling down to read some more. Um, uh, I agree with all of her uh, assessments. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, Mike wrote, so Hank couldn't get anything out of Walt, couldn't get anything out of Skylar, and now he's going to take a shot at Jesse. Can't wait to see that. But unless the money Jesse has is traceable, Walt has cleaned up his trail, and there's no real proof for Hank to find, only the testimony of junkie Jesse. And it looks like Todd is in the Empire business now, too. It's going to get very ugly soon. And that's a good point about um, if Hank can't come up with real hard, you know, court-approved proof, um, <laughs> then, yeah, it's junkie Jesse versus chem teacher with cancer. But I think it's what Jesse, junkie Jesse can lead him to that's the important aspect of Jesse. It's like, who knows what physical evidence Jesse can point him toward. I mean, think about the things that Walt and Jesse have done. Mm -hmm. How many people they've killed. I mean, all the situations where, like, they've missed Hank by, like, minutes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I know. I mean, I I know Jesse could definitely. He wouldn't even (laughs) have to testify he could just put hank onto um a better trail yeah and hank will chase it down he's motivated i think right now my main curiosity with jesse is at what point is he finally going to snap out of it because like i've said before several seasons begin with jesse in this near catatonic or screwed up state and he eventually something happens and he snaps out of it this is I'm, it. This is what's going to happen. I'm hoping it is because I, I, while I, he's an amazing actor and there are great scenes, mm-hmm. there is a certain kind of a little bit of a been there, done that feeling with that. I'm going to keep going, can we please get out of that? Because it's such a drag. Come on, please get out of it. So I'm hoping the next episode, the Hank encounter will cause that to happen. It's got to. It has to. Well, I got eight, six episodes. We don't have time to do anything else. <laughs> yeah. 
No more time for introspection, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What Hank should do is bring a little kid into the interrogation room. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord. Maybe put a gun against his head. <laughs> Get his brother. Use his brother against him. Oh, oh my gosh. Get Brock. He, yeah. Hank busts his little brother for pot. <laughs> I do hope we see the family again. Yeah, I want to see just his family. I would like that too, actually. I think the problem is because this whole show is taking place over the course of like a little more than a year. So the kid who plays a brother, I'm sure, has now sprouted up because it's been like four or five years, oh, at least four years. Yeah. So we, we should, but we should at least be able to see the parents. But I, it's too big because I'd really like to see the brother again. Mm-hmm. It's not like boarding school or something. Dude, they completely replaced Dexter's kid. Yeah, but that's all right. But this is like the Walt problem in Lost. Yeah. Right. It's exactly the Walt problem in Lost. And there have been how many Hollies now? Right. (laughs) At least like 20 per season or something ridiculous. Hmm. So, Scott, next time on Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. In the the alternate Lost uh, Breaking Bad universe, the, the next episode would be called Fire and Water. By the way, for anyone who missed the first part of the podcast, it's not really called Firewall. <laughs> and the, the description there would be, let's see if I can read what I wrote here. Okay. Walt and Jesse reminisce about that time when Jesse used the last of the drinking water to put out the generator fire. Walt then, becomes, Walt then begins recounting all the other times Jesse screwed up. He suddenly realizes, if not for Jesse, the Frank thing would have gone as smooth as silk. And then by the, epi- and by the episode's end... Jesse ends up in a barrel of trouble. Literally. <laughs> oh, no. I'm smiling. Poor Jesse. <laughs> oh, that's another prediction. I predict someone's going to go in a, in, a, in a barrel of acid at some point. This season. Oh, yeah. Oh, and over on, uh, on Nattercast, they're running a uh, Deadpool. Excellent. Yeah. And they're um, at facebook.com slash groups slash nattercast. You can join in on the fun. So we'll be back next week with another episode of Breaking Geek. Geek on. <laughs>